After an accident, minutes matter. Your words and actions matter even more. You need help, and you need it now. This is David vs. Goliath, brought to you by Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers, a boutique firm with a reputation for going head-to-head -head with the insurance company giants and putting people over profits. Hey, I'm Stan Geip, and I'm here with my partner, Matt Dolman. We've got another edition of the David vs. Goliath podcast for you here today. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good. Another day in paradise. So we got uh, with us Curtis Boyd. Before I make the long introduction to Curtis, we're gonna today's focus is going to be on Google ranking factors, but more importantly, I guess, I guess more specifically, is uh, Google local ranking factors and how important reviews play, you know, play such an integral role in the algorithm that Google's come up with and continually updates every few months. It's hard to keep track of Google's algorithm, but reviews play such a prominent role, and there's ways to spam and spoof reviews, and that's part of what Curtis does and what his business does is that it targets um, individual accounts that are actually playing games and violating Google's terms of service. So without any further ado, Curtis, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, give us a little bit of an introduction, uh, you know, just a brief description of your company. Sure. Thanks for having me, Mr. Dolman. Yes. So yeah, I'm the founder of the Transparency Company. Uh, we build algorithms and software and AI to detect illegitimate online reviews. It's our job to predict whether a review has been earned or purchased by a business. And uh, yeah, we, we've been doing this for a little over two years now, and I've made some pretty pretty meaningful progress. I know we've talked a few different times over the years, and I've even retained your services. And you know, a couple of years ago, I noticed that even some of our own reviews, it's hard to tell where some of these are coming from, whether it's a tax on our you know, account or individuals who we didn't hire, and suddenly we get weird reviews that are also reviewing multiple companies at one time. How does it work? How do you, how do you target this? How do you track reviews across multiple locations, and thousands of accounts and different verticals, whether it's personal injury lawyers, accountants, dentists, doctors, uh, plumbers. I mean, everyone's obviously utilizing reviews and doing it in their own best interest. We recently upgraded our technology since the last time we talked to application called Kubernetes. Kubernetes is a really nerdy computer function, which takes a, a small server and multiplies it in an unlimited amount of times, and it's it, as much as it needs. So rather than running a few reports at a time or a few businesses at a time, we now have the ability to scan an unlimited amount of business, businesses simultaneously, which is really cool. And what are we looking for? We're looking for red flags, red flags in the content, red flags in the behavior, right, in the profile itself. Content-wise, we have NLP. NLP is basically a computer's way of understanding the English language. We have NLP to identify authorship style. So if we see the same author across multiple profiles, we're going to know about it because that's common with fake reviews. You have one writer, 50 profiles, right? Uh, if you have duplicate content, like if, you, if someone stole the review from someone else, swapped out the name or the city or maybe added a few keywords, we're going to know exactly how much of that content is plagiarized. So we'll be able to see it. We'll be also be able to see who posted the review first. You know, where did, where did, who, had the, who had the chicken? Who had the egg? Who, who essentially ripped off who. And then, uh, you know, lots of other things with content. But into the behavior part, that's where things get really interesting. Just like SEO, where you have backlink profiles and, you know, PBNs, public blog networks, where people are black linking to all sorts of fun places, they're all become connected, right? That's one of the ways Google can say, hey, these are bad backlinks. Look at, sure. look at all the places they're connected. There are reviewer networks too. When, you, when people buy fake reviews, they get 
put into these reviewer networks. And we might not even be looking for a particular business, but there will be hundreds of businesses in that network. So if one person gets scanned and caught, we sometimes will catch like 150 people in that network. And there are small networks and there are massive networks. And in these networks, plumbers, garage door guys, locksmiths. I mean, we're talking every industry under the sun in these networks and um, all over the country too. We do distance matrix analyses where we can measure the distances between the businesses. We make uh, predictions on the likeliness of a consumer actually traveling and going to these places based off of category and distance. Um, and we've done our best to make accurate predictions about all this. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. We print, this, we print this data up on a PDF report, takes our computer server about 90 seconds, and uh, saves a lot of time when you're trying to do some due diligence Understood. on, hey, are, does this company actually get all these reviews, or is this just a bunch of hocus pocus? We had a little conversation pop up yesterday when we were talking about getting ready for this podcast, and Matt and I were kicking around some things about, you know, when does something actually become a fake review or a false review? Because there's certain situations like, uh, let's say my wife, she's got friends, we've met, we've gone out, they know me well, right? But they've never actually utilized my services as an attorney. Okay, they feel compelled to go on and say, hey, this guy's great, he's skilled, he's knowledgeable, I know he's really good at what he does, but they've never utilized the services. Is that a fake review? That's more of an endorsement, really, and kind of how Avo kind of kicked things off in the early years. Like, look, I, I can endorse this person. I know who they are. Do endorsements belong on Google? Not really. But is it harmful? Is it like fake? No, like it, I, I don't think it's really all that terrible. In my opinion, fake reviews are when you're going out of your way to purchase or incentivize someone to say something that isn't necessarily true, right? That isn't, that's totally fictitious. If they went out of their way, like, hey, like your wife's friend, for example, if you did Maybe you did their husband or someone, a, a, a big solid, right? You did some good work for them and they write you something, cool. Uh, if not, and they just know you, it's not that big of a deal. For us, we're really focused on identifying the businesses that are paying freelancers overseas to, to artificially inflate these uh, profiles and make a bad business try to look like a good business. That's what we're really worried about is, is uh, people making the wrong choice on who to hire. You know, on the opposite side, I had some questions, you know, I can see it being easier to identify someone who has purchased, let's say, a mass of good reviews, like like someone that would trigger a red flag to pop up somewhere. How do you identify false negative reviews, which would typically be like one competitor posting something maliciously? It's coming in at a much lower volume because it's not like a farm of people saying it or something. But how do you pick out those negative reviews that may just be false because someone's trying to tank another company? Absolutely. And those are generally upsells to purchasing fake reviews first. Normally, when the way this shakes out is some freelancer overseas will solicit someone, or maybe even the business owner seeks it out themselves and like, hey, I want some fake positives. After a few months, they say, hey, this is going pretty well. How would you like to purchase some one-star reviews for your competitors as an upsell, right? And a lot of people say, oh, yeah, that seems like a great idea. <laughs> it's not. But uh, they do it, and they pay more. They pay uh, up to 10 times as much for fake negative uh, competitor reviews. So these overseas freelancers are really incentivized to push this product um, as an upsell. But 
generally you're going to see more than one. It's kind of like a, I hate to say it, it's like a pistachio, a really bad pistachio in a sense. You can't just have one pistachio or one negative review. You're going to buy at least a few. And sometimes the way that they fulfill the fake one-star reviews are in the same format as the way they fulfill the fake five-star profiles. So what we do is we'll audit a certain marketplace and we'll look to see who in that marketplace is purchasing fake positive reviews. And then we look at the fulfillment styles of each of those businesses to see, do we have a match on this fake one-star profile to any of these businesses in this area who have purchased the fake five-star reviews? And then we can narrow it down to one or two businesses. And that way we can provide some templates for them to say, hey, we know this is you. You should knock it off. Like we don't want to escalate. But normally that spooks them. They're like, holy crap, I just got caught. Like how they, they know it's me. Like, oh, man. So that's how we approach this is we look for the previously purchased fake five-star reviews, which we, we almost always find. You know, in our office, I can—I know Matt's probably going to nod his head, and Matt watches this on a regular basis. Like, if a one-star review comes in, it's like someone set a fire off in the office or a bomb. You know, we're trying to reach out, contact this client, make sure, hey, how did this happen? How can we make it right? This never should have happened. You know, a lot of that. And almost every single time we can identify this as a real client, we fix the problem. We can get the problem fixed. It's a misunderstanding, a miscommunication. Something's happened where we rectify it. We've also got these few reviews where we can't find a name associated with the person. They won't engage with us to let them know who they are or how they might be affiliated with the firm. And we suspect and know that they're false reviews, but it doesn't seem like they're coming in in mass. Like, how do you get like like something like that that may just be, hey, I've got a competitor down the road that got his friend to write a false review? Now, if it's not true, it can be libelous and, and slanderous and it can be illegal. But, but what's the process of dealing with Google to get that off? Like, how does that work? Getting Google to do anything is like kicking a dead mule sometimes. And I hate to say that, but it is difficult to get administrators over mm -hmm. there to, to, to do stuff, right? Why? They're not getting paid to do this, right? They don't make money from moderating content. It's a cost for them. One of the reasons I think they're so terrible at it. But that being said, the uh, my my best uh, advice would be to uh, really get as much data as you can that suggests that this is a fake review, that this person had zero experience with the business, had no engagement of any kind, no 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 phone call, no no nothing, right? And then to put that into a statement and get it in front of a Google administrator, so you could always use the the Google support form and try and get it escalated by a product expert. But you also have to make sure that this is a fake review because the last thing you want to do is silence a real consumer who may just be trying to share their, their legitimate experience. But it's, 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 it, it is tough to sometimes to separate the difference between, Hey, like they won't even talk to me. I can't verify who this is versus man, this is like, they, this can't be real. Right. So, and and there's there's gray area there. Of course, we want to get it off, but even Google sometimes won't take a firm place and and what to do about this other than hey, you can try and flag it. Maybe we'll get back to you in a few weeks. So, yeah, my advice is 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 if it's really really bothering you to uh, take it to the, the the forum, the Google Help forum, and have it escalated by a, a product expert. You mentioned earlier, you know, PBNs and um, link farms, and, and that was like the old way of uh, Black Hat. And it's now obviously we're looking at these 
farms of reviews, what's the incentive? Why, why, why are they doing this for? Explain to us or explain to the audience, rather, I know the answer. And Stan listens to me enough that he knows the answer to this as well. What's the incentive for these fake reviews? How does it help? How does it help on Google, let alone Yelp, TripAdvisor, and every other forum where they're, they're posting fake reviews? Absolutely. So Mike Blumenthal, a long time ago, identified the two review target points that you want to hit. The first one is over 10. The second one's a little over, from memory, I think it's 60. And those are where your visibility and your local SEO start to jump, like starts where the reviews have a really big ranking factor. And so people are going to be motivated to rank better organically to get more free leads. Who doesn't want more free customers from Google local search, right? So these reviews not only play a big difference in ranking factor they also play a major part in conversion and actually once they once you get the eyeballs on you the reviews help instill confidence to get that person to call you so there's a two-part play here exactly exactly trust um google is still the number one online mm-hmm. review site by a mile yelp's not even like yelp is a, is a thing but if you look at the research i think 80 percent of consumers still consult google for their their buying decisions um, which is higher than than the other review sites. So, it, reviews are a massive, massive thing, and that and a lot of research shows that the average consumer can't tell the difference between a real review and a fake review. So, you also look at the consequences. Like, what are the consequences? Uh, honestly, that Google will remove the review. They don't really like damage your rankings, you know. So <laughs> there's there's not a lot of like incentive like in in today's world. I don't know how much you guys want to get into this, but. Uh, there's not like too much incentive, like not to, right? Like there's not too much incentive to to sure. to cut this behavior out, which is why our company exists. You know, we're trying to do something about it, but well, it's it's really hard to get people. It's really hard to get big tech to moderate th- this type of stuff in a way that makes it fair for everyone. Makes it fair for. There's no money in it for them. What's the money? What's their, what's their incentive? That's the problem. Exactly, because at the end of the day, it should be about the consumer, right? Which business in my local area is qualified to handle to take mm-hmm. care of me really well? Who's earned that right to to rank well? Who's earned that right to have so many reviews in their profile because they've done it so many times? They've they've put together a machine that just churns out good experiences. As a consumer, I want to work with that business. I don't want to work with some fly-by-night company that's been up for three months that spent a few hundred bucks on reviews and maybe has their operations in place, maybe doesn't. There's so much research out there that shows that businesses with mostly legitimate reviews actually provide better experience, better communication, better customer service, better everything. So it, it is pretty significant. I don't doubt. It's just a couple of ideas I want to run by you, some maybe misnomers and misinformation, for instance. And I'll run a couple by you then just respond. So I've been told that a three-star review with like a little bit of copy is harder to remove than a one-star review with no copy. Is there a difference based on the amount of stars? Is there a difference based on whether the person actually put some thoughts, you know, behind the star or just an empty review with just stars? Another one also to run, you know, when you run with this answer or rather, um, you know, respond is I don't trust as a consumer when I see 400 reviews and five stars. I think to myself, there's no fucking way. How's that possible that you haven't upset one person along the way that someone didn't have a dissatisfied, you know, a, just an unsatisfactory experience that was dissatisfied with the service. You cannot please everyone. It just doesn't seem realistic. Is a 4.8 or 4.7 more trustworthy than a 4.9 or 
Yeah, I personally love businesses with a vo- lots of volume and around a four four zero to four three, or even three eight to four three. That's my uh, when I do shopping. When I look for like if I'm going to have my roof redone or if I'm going to pay a contractor to come out and fix you know my cabinets or something. I like lots of reviews, but not perfect, right around four to four point three, because I think that that's honest, that's real. Like that looks like a just a busy company that's trying to do everything right. But to your question about the removals, I don't really know. I I haven't been in like I haven't been in removal mode for quite some time. In the sense of, I know it's if I had to guess, I would say one star reviews would probably be harder to remove with no content than the three star one. We dispute lots of five star reviews, and that's fairly easy, right? Disputing fake five star reviews. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. just a guess though, and I don't have any data to back that up. It's just a, it's a hypothesis. Yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, I see there's you know there's forums dedicated to this in search engine world and elsewhere. It's why I ask because these questions are constantly asked by individuals and post experts, and everyone has. There's not a consistent answer. If you ask ten experts the question, whether it's Joy Hawkins or um, you name different individuals who are on these forums that we all know of. They all have different answers, whether it's Chris Dreher, uh, Jason Hemingworth, they're all over the place. So just just my thought. I had a quick question about, you know, now you're getting into removal. I can see two different dynamics that the company works in. One, hey, you help remove fake negative reviews from people if you're getting bashed by someone. And that's certainly, okay, the person with the review, the company that's got the one star that's fake is going to be on your side, cooperating with you. It's going to be a joint effort to try to get this review removed. The other thing you've talked about is the fake good reviews, okay? And I'm guessing when you identify a 1,000 fake good reviews or a 100 fake good reviews somewhere, it's typically not the client with the reviews that's helping you get them removed because they're good reviews they've channeled to their website, I'm guessing. What's the dynamics in that situation? Do you reach out to Google and say, hey, we believe these are fake reviews on this site? Like, how does that work? So just to clarify, are you talking about a situation where a client has decided to work with us and we, we uncover fake positives? Well, I guess I should ask you, is that like, it sounded like you had a tool where you were identifying hundreds of people at a time with lots of fake reviews. Yes, thousands. So let's say someone's not, a, not one of your clients and you identify them as having a numerous fake five-star reviews. Is that something you take action on or is that just something... You note, let your clients know, and then really move on. So yeah, we offer basically do it yourself. Here's just the data, and you're welcome to do with it as you will, because this is just data. We will also offer as a service to dispute those illegitimate five-star competitor reviews, right? Where we will try to uh, remove the reviews that we believe are illegitimate and do not belong on the listing. And that's because of the data, right? We have evidence as to why these positive reviews are, in our opinion, completely fictitious. And a lot of the times, Google agrees with us, right? We also work with other various enforcement agencies, like the Better Business Bureau, for example, who does revoke accreditation based off of our reports, which is pretty cool, which is the only way we know of to get a business off the LSA, by the way. If, if, there, if your BBB accreditation gets revoked, you can, you can go to the LSA community manager and show the revocation letter. They'll, they'll uh, boot them out of the LSA program. That being said, we certainly are hired to remove, dispute, to attempt to remove, because we can't remove anything ourselves. But we are hired to dispute illegitimate 
five-star reviews that we've identified internally as being illegitimate. Let me see, how much has your business grown in the past five years? Oh, man, I, I hate saying this on recording, because, <laughs> but, uh, oh, let's see here. In the two years that the transparency company has been open, we started at maybe two or $3,000 monthly in revenue, which is pittance, right? It's nothing for a business, but a startup, it's not, not terrible. But now it's grown almost 100, 100x that. So it's grown significantly. Congrats. Congratulations, Curtis. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. Curtis, this, the reason I ask that question is because, you know, it's a need, right? You get you provide a service, you provide a need, but it's a need I didn't really as we actually needed until I heard about it. I'm like, yeah, what a great idea. That is a good service. Like, but it's one of those things that until you like I heard you were doing it, it wasn't something that I was thinking about going, you know, hey, we need this. So that's what I was asked. It seems like once you open up and once you let people know this is a service. They're going to flock to you because trying to do anything with Google yourself is, like you said, trying to kick a dead mule. Like you, you can't even get a response back saying, leave us alone. We're certainly proud of the work that we do. Our goal is to, like I said, make true value for the consumers who are trying to figure out who to hire. We get to do that by working with really great businesses. We get to do that by working with businesses who want to invest in cleaning up their local marketplace and protecting their community. And helping their local community, you know, see the see through the our lens of which businesses have fake reviews and which businesses are doing playing by the rules. And for that, we're honored. Yeah, Stan Stan's a trial lawyer, so he's a smart. He's the uh, brains of this operation, if you will. Also, my life coach. Stan's not aware of like digital marketing, which is my area's marketing and bringing in the cases for Stan to just kick out of the park, or I guess hit out of the park. That'd be a wrong analogy. Stan, you might not be aware we've used Curtis's company. We, uh, well, I know that. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know. wasn't sure if you knew that or if you listened when I said that yesterday. So we. Well, when you explained it, I was like, that was the first time I realized we used a company. I was like, wow, what a great idea! And we went back to the well. We used Curtis on a, a few different occasions. I'm going to talk to him today again at four o'clock to go through his new system. But yeah, it works. I mean, I was able to uh, use it myself. Once you have it downloaded on your screen, all you have to do is update it and put the businesses in and the logistics, and suddenly it appears of who's playing by the rules, who's not. Even some of our own accounts were flagged. I mean, just it's hard to keep track of reviews and what's out there and whether even the competitors send good or negative reviews to your business. It's it's easily picked up and you can show you what's called a reviewer. It's like a review farm. It's the same IP address is being hit over and over again. And they're sending like a review yep. to a, a Mexican restaurant in San Jose, California, but an accounting practice in uh, Augusta, Georgia, a lawyer in St. Petersburg, Florida, a plumber in Albany, New York. And it's like, how? Right. You see that stuff. It's just impossible. It's not like tourist destinations that these people hit. It's <laughs> service operations. You're not, yep. Unless you've lived in all the locations at the same time. It's in the same temporal time period. It's like four months ago, it was a dentist on one side of the country. And a month later, it's an accountant on the other side of the country. And in the middle of the country, there's an attorney they used during the same time period. It's like, uh, all right. So, Curtis, this coming to yeah. popping to my mind, that this could be something maybe you've thought of, maybe you haven't, but are there any efforts in place? Have you tried to reach out to Google to see if there's any sort of almost like blue check, like a trusted verification mark you could get to put next to people's reviews, their their star ranking to say this one has been, you know, uh, transparency verified? Yeah, I've certainly reached out to Google to 
try and coordinate with the various people and those products, a few weeks later, they took down our Chrome extension. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I don't think they're interested from the response I got, but uh, hopefully one day that will change. You don't take that as an insult. It's just work and Google monetize and probably the next thing's going to be the maps. I mean, wherever Google can put more money into their their pockets and their their coffers, if you will, just like the advent of local service ads killed pay-per-click, but they're still making money on both. And Google, it's like, how big does your yacht need to be, Google? Um, You just want to take more and more money. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was was a little flattered, to be honest, because, you know, when an 800-pound gorilla acknowledges you, you're not just like a little tick on the back. You're like, they actually reached back to scratch me off you know so i'm like all right this little flea is uh making making uh you upset good that means i'm doing my job and that's yeah, great news and i need to uh i need to keep pushing back so yeah well curse tell us you know tell the audience how they get a hold of you oh uh linkedin is the best place to contact me i'm on there all the time i love just chatting about uh online reviews fake reviews customer experience I love doing marketplace audits. Uh, Our technology is so much faster and more accurate these days. We're up to working with six attorney generals uh, now here in the United States, which we're super proud of. We also just submitted our AMPR to the FTC for the the fake review uh, collaboration. And uh, we hope to be going to uh, DC uh, to their workshop on uh, Section 230 reform, which we're really excited about. So yeah, I uh, would love to ta- chat with anybody about a review they're worried about with a competitor. So do consumers reach out to you or business reach out to you on LinkedIn under Curtis Boyd or under the Transparency Corporation? Yeah, you guys are welcome. To, they're also welcome to go to our website, askfortransparency.com. In the lower hand corner is a little chat where they can create a, you know, schedule a demo and learn more about our technology. We work with consumers. We work with businesses. And um, yeah, we we're, work with anyone that's interested in learning the truth about which business has has real reviews? We we hope to work with more consumers in the future. It's awesome. I mean, I can again, I can speak as like a brand evangelist. I've used you before. It's a great service. Stan, anything else you want to add? No, I, I kind of think you and I could sit here and talk about Google reviews with Curtis for another two hours. <laughs> I doubt everyone listening is going to get much more out no, of the nuances. We're actually scheduled at four o'clock to talk to Curtis. Where he's going to take us through a. Some of his new technology. But so. I find this all fascinating. Like the whole process is fascinating. The the uh, motivations behind different, either negative and positive views, and the way you seek them out. It's like a, it's like kind of the new landscape. And and I can tell you, just like I felt ignorant because I was sitting there, kind of like, well, reviews aren't really that important, right? When I'm sitting here in the office, but yet when I go online to try to find a service, that's the first thing I'm looking at. When I'm picking someone, you know, so I am sure anyone looking at us or looking at, you know, reviews are one of the very, very first things they look at. And from yeah. a business standpoint, nothing pisses you off more than a fake negative review you can't do anything about. You will stew on it. You will sit there on it. You got people looking into it. You're trying to dig through every file you can to figure out who this person may be and they just don't exist. So there's no way to fix it. Yeah. 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 So Agreed. Well, this wraps up another episode of the David vs. Goliath podcast. Stan, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being on here, Curtis. And again, if anybody has any questions, Curtis, what's the phone number that they can reach the transparency company at? Yeah, it's uh, 1-888-830-3842. So that's 1-888-830-3842. I, I was uh, checking out the LawPod services. It looks, it looks really cool. Yeah, they're, they do a great job, too. 
So in the future, if anybody can't get a hold of Curtis, just call me or email me, and I will put you in touch with Curtis and his company. So this wraps up another great episode. Thank you very much, and have a great day. This episode of David versus Goliath is over, but your journey is just getting started. To share your story with us, visit dolmanlaw.com. That's D-O-L-M-A-N-Law.com or call 866-965-6242. The insights and views presented in David vs. Goliath are for general information purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. The information presented is not a substitute for consulting with an attorney, nor does tuning into this podcast constitute an attorney-client relationship of any kind. Any case result information provided on any portion of this podcast should not be understood as a promise of any particular result in a future case. Dolman Law Group. Big firm results. Small firm personal attention.